identities exist beyond margaritas, taco Tuesdays, and mariachi bands. <laughs> With over 21 countries and territories identifying as Latin American or Latino, and over 30 million individuals from these places living outside their country of origin and creating diasporas in many parts of the world, Latino slash Hispanic identities are important and they're here to stay. In an effort to highlight some of these complexities, we created the Identities and Belonging series, a collection of group discussions and individual stories from advocates, leaders, community members, and creatives who identify as Latino slash Hispanic and live in Georgia. We hope this series allows you, our listeners, to expand your vision of what identity and belonging can mean for Latinos here in the United States. We hope you can listen to, learn from, and celebrate the incredible people that share their experiences with us. Join us for weekly episodes every Friday, starting September 22nd, and don't forget to follow us so you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. And I know this is a long introduction, I promise I'm almost done, but this series would not be complete without a special message on terminology. We acknowledge that people choose to use different terms to refer to their identity. Some prefer Latin American, Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, Latine. We hold space for all of these terms and respect the people who use them. We will primarily use Latino, but you may hear us use them interchangeably throughout our content. Y ahora sí, welcome, bienvenidos, y que disfruten el contenido. So I'm here today with Lina Vargas, and she wants to share her individual story with us today. So she has chosen two questions to answer. The first one is, how do you connect to your Latino and Hispanic heritage here in Atlanta? And the second one is, are there any challenges that you faced or overcome as an immigrant or Latino person in Atlanta? And what lessons have you learned from those experiences? So this is a space for you. So in whatever order you want to answer them, um, let me mark them for you so you know which ones they are. Here thank you go. You. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, let's go. Thank you, Natalia, for, for this time and for this space. Uh, the first question is how how do I connect with my Latino Hispanic heritage here in Atlanta, and um, I I think it has been part of my um, my mission my like <laughs> goal to like make that super intentional because um, like I was um, talking to you all before they because I. I moved from places that had more ingrained mm -hmm. and um, a lot of more community spaces that were Latin. Mm -hmm. I kind of took that for granted. And mm -hmm. so when I came to Atlanta and I moved to a space that I didn't really see that like level of presence mm -hmm. everywhere, I started thinking like, where are the Latin people here in Atlanta? <laughs> I am still asking that question sometimes. <laughs> and then I go to events or I am walking somewhere and I see somebody speaking in Spanish and I'm like, okay, there it is. So mm -hmm. I think for me, it really has been uh, part of my uh, mission to do that intentionally. And mm -hmm. the way that I do that is I'm always doing research about well. Latin um, community organizations are doing mm -hmm. and so I try to look for those events um, mm -hmm. and then I try to use my platform in Comadriando to share what those events are going mm -hmm. to be and how to connect with those um, so I know that you know for Hispanic Heritage Month everything is happening <laughs> but a lot of times it really has been about how to celebrate just the day-to-day -day Latinidad mm -hmm. in Atlanta and that can be like you know making sure that we're celebrating 
um, Latin-owned restaurants, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's a Mexican restaurant in, inside of the city. It's actually very hard to find Mexican-owned Mexican restaurants mm. in the core of the city. And so I really try to make a point to like find those restaurants and be able to support through the food and through the owners. Yeah. Um, Have you found any already? Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite places right now, is, the name is Oaxaca, and it's actually in, um, I'm trying to remember, it's in Dunwoody. Mm. And it's um, a restaurant that's Oaxaquense and really amazing and elevated Food. It's, it's kind of a fancy meal, mm -hmm. but then you go and you know that the food was made by a uh, Mexican chef, mm -hmm. um, Mexican, a uh, lot of like Mexican connection and, and honor to that tradition. Uh, and then the other one that is right down in my neighborhood is called Patria Cocina. Patria and this Cocina. is um, so good. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And it's uh, this uh, Mexican couple mm -hmm. uh, who travel from California and established themselves here in Atlanta. Wow. And I just really like what they have done and how they have created just the space to elevate Mexican food in the whole sense of the world wow. that is different types of cuisine is mm -hmm. not just one thing uh different regions so yeah like i just try to celebrate it uh where i find it so a yeah. lot of it is like really uh supporting some of the businesses and then seeking uh spaces that are celebrating the latinidad here mm -hmm. and just uh, making sure that i'm supporting yeah. and, and being in those spaces it's, it's so important and for the people that didn't listen to the Spanish group conversation, um, you said something that I, I found very powerful. You said that there's a difference between celebrating the culture and celebrating the people who are carrying the culture. And I think as we enter Latino Heritage Month, um, there's there's margaritas everywhere and there's <laughs> mariachis everywhere and there's uh, Taco Tuesdays everywhere, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, and, yes. But, but, I love them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Taco, Tuesday. Taco but, Tuesdays are yeah. great. But it, it's important that, you know, if, if you are listening to this and you want to support and celebrate Latino culture in a way that feels um, ethical and just honest and genuine and intentional, then asking the kinds of questions that you're asking is, okay, I, I, yes, I'm going to have Mexican food maybe more than I do, I don't know, in March, but what are the restaurants that I'm going to? And are these restaurants owned by people who brought this culture to the city? Um, that's just such, such an important thing. And, and I would like for you to maybe say a thing or two about this, this group that you have, Comadreando, and, mm -hmm. and kind of the the background of it and, and how and, and what you're trying to build with it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalia. Uh, yeah, I think basically uh, Comadriando really came from this feeling because I just have a lot of feelings and... <laughs> Don't we um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be stereotypical Latina, but yeah, lots of moodiness. Um, and so uh, one of the things that I started thinking by being here in Atlanta is, and especially post-pandemic, is the meaning of being a friend and friendship mm -hmm. and um, how sometimes uh, during the pandemic feeling like I didn't have the time or maybe I hadn't cultivated those friendships in an intentional manner. And when I came back, I started remembering when did I feel like I had a good friend, good company, a place where I mm -hmm. could be myself in different ways. I thought about my cousin, my prima Carolina. Mm -hmm. 
and how we grew up together and how it was a way for me to be outside of my house, but Mm -hmm. not quite out in the real world. It felt like a safe space to be with her. She created that safe space with me. Mm -hmm. And I continue to reflect that the relationships that I have the closest to me feel like safe spaces, Mm -hmm. uh, but in a very intimate way. And so I thought about my experience growing up in a very sheltered family where the family structure dominates a lot of our life Mm -hmm. and how in many ways sometimes I just wanted to push back a little bit against it because I said I like, I love my family so much and everything they've done, but I also wanted to step outside and see what the other world is. And for us, that has been exploring Atlanta, Mm -hmm. um, leaving the house, like Mm -hmm. the actual physical act of leaving the physical space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that felt really scary Mm -hmm. to say, well, I'm going to show up to a new group. Like I went to a place that was called Latinas Running. It's still around. It's one of my favorite spaces. And when I went, I was so nervous. (laughs) But then I went and I saw these are all Latinas of all shapes and skills and uh, fitness levels that they run, they walk, but they're just there to be Latinas running together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really shout out to, um, you know, Kim, um, Dr. Kim, who opened this space. And then it started really um, inspiring that is like, oh, wow, you can go outside, but still feel this kind of like (laughs) blankets, you know, and, you know, in this stage where I just love my blankets, always love my blankets. I was like, it feels nice. You're senora. senora Totally senora. I'm sorry. Unapologetic senora. Have you seen that meme of Selena Gomez with the blanket? No. And she's like, have you seen this earlier? I'm picturing like the tiger blanket, you know? <laughs> we all know the tiger blanket. <laughs> and everyone is talking about it being like the I know what you're saying. She's like staring into the distance with her yes. cafecito. Yes, yes. that's like, like wrapped peak. in a blanket. That is peak senora. So like that's kind of the feeling I was chasing. Like how do I continue to feel just a little bit cozy, mm-hmm. but still like pushing myself out of my comfort zone where I meet different people, different spaces. And so what I felt like I wanted to look for, mm-hmm. um, I hadn't found it in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. that was like, I want to be in a space, not necessarily to like do something. Like I didn't want to like, you know, show my business. I don't have a business. I didn't want to show up to like learn something. I didn't want to like push myself because I'm usually just kind of like just going to hang out. I don't have energy at the end of the day for anything more. Mm -hmm. And so how do I open a space for just like being friends together? Yeah. That's where Comadiando came from, just a space to just be. We've had a couple of cafecitos. Uh, We had a picnic. And then part of the big piece about that is that it's uh, the culture of pushing back against kind of this more capitalistic idea of uh, grinding, which we all have to do, especially as Latinos, is the grind mm-hmm. and, and that really is ingrained with us. But pushing back a little bit and saying, it, you, it's okay for us to rest mm. and to just be together and do something that is not, um, you know, going to necessarily be about generating yeah. more money or, or education or anything like that yeah. because there's all of those communities here in Atlanta and I, I'm kind of like saying yes there's all of those spaces and then there is this additional space here if you don't want to do any of those things mm-hmm. and you just want to like meet other uh, friends and, and just hang out yeah. and I call it Comadriando because you know in a lot of times in our society in how I grew up uh, especially there is this idea that uh, we didn't necessarily like 
I, I couldn't like sleep in all of my friends' houses <laughs> or anything like that. So I didn't have that group of friends. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like I had my primas. Mm-hmm. My, you know, like comadre was more like a structured way of like yeah. being together. Yeah. That was, be, it's like, it's a friendship, but it also is a familiar yeah. space. So I really wanted to cultivate the power of like female friendships yeah. that sometimes even like I think a lot about masculinidad, masculinity, mm-hmm. that you don't see that sometimes, you don't see that in the culture that is American mm-hmm. and that is about maybe like extracting work. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like just something that feels cozy, like, yeah. like a cobija. Yeah, a cobija, <laughs> a blanket. Um, uh, for people that, that don't speak Spanish, I think, and I'm a, a word nerd, so I am obsessed <laughs> with the word comadre because it's such... It's not translatable. No. Comadre does not exist in English. And so the, the word, um, like the, the noun is comadre, but you've turned it into a verb. Yes. And it's not a, a verb like comadrear. It's a comadriando, which is an, an active verb, a verb that is happening, right? Like I am running. It's so happy that somebody gets how nerdy we are about words because I love all of those it's, things. You know, yes. it's like, it's not just like the, the verb run. It's, running that yes. that's the the ing ending is the ando in spanish right and so comadre it's it's a mixture of like your neighbor it can be your friend yes. it can be and it's gendered in the sense that a lot of times in latino culture women come together and build these very intimate relationships and bonds with each other and that is una comadre and so comadres you call them over you're like comadre vamos a caminar let's go for a walk and yeah or you know you meet la comadre in la tienda and so you're (laughs) chatting or you go get a coffee um and and so i just want to acknowledge all of these um words that you're that you're putting together and, and the very intentional way in which you're creating this group because It's the act of being comadres together. Boom. <laughs> it's so, it's That's it. And, I, and also it's like, it's an instant way that is unique to Latin culture of bringing somebody closer to you, mm-hmm. to your inner circle. When you call somebody a comadre, and by the way, yes, I acknowledge that it's a gender term mm-hmm. because gender is important. Yes. And the way that women relate to one another is powerful in ways that the patriarchy doesn't fully acknowledge. I got goosebumps. No, we have so much power in the way that we build relationships. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to put that at the forefront. So I've had men that come to me and say, oh, comadriano is not for me. Why can't I be a compadriano? Because the world centers on men. And I want to make a space where men and women are, you know, non-gender. You can be there. And it's centered on the power of female relationships, mm-hmm. something to emulate, something to highlight and to bring shine to it that is uniquely Latin uh, and Latinx and that brings you closer even if you're a stranger. The minute you call somebody a comadre, you already know that it's going to be a good time, that mm-hmm. that person wants you in their life, that they want to like, just hang out with you. And that's a term that, by the way, yes, it is used in a very like structural sense, that it mm-hmm. could be like, by the church, you are united, and you yes. have this like, bond yes. and that you're supposed to take mm-hmm. care of one another. But it's also a very informal term that is like you call comadre somebody and all of the sudden they are part of your world. Yeah, I love that. And and that I think sometimes it can get a negative connotation of a gossipy kind of 
like las comadres in, yes. a, in a small town is like you know you're gossiping and it's kind of snaky and maybe not good totally <laughs> but it's also pushing back against that yeah. notion that is like I think the reason why those things have been like that is because of the patriarchy yeah. again anything that is done inside of the house anything that is done by women sometimes tends to be put as like domestic or mm-hmm. less than or you know serving some kind of nefarious purpose but when I look back at all of the conversations that I have with women in my life in in all kinds of like private and public spaces it's that realization that the public space and the private space um, are important mm-hmm. um, in ways that uh, that's why it's like a verb mm-hmm. it's it's you are actively trying to bring somebody into your life and go outside mm-hmm. because for a lot of time this whole idea of uh, being and, and I hate to say this but it's like being stereotypical more conservative woman in Latin uh, society means that you kind of live in a, a small circle mm-hmm. and it's more like internal so I'm really trying to push back against the notion that mm-hmm. you know comadreando can be about chisme and that's cool mm-hmm. but also comadreando can be about experimentation about yeah. trying something new for yourself meeting a new person yeah. you know a long time ago I listened to this podcast on the way that men build relationships and the way that women build relationships and and historically there's uh the the notion that women we are there to passively talk to each other mm-hmm. that there's this this passiveness to the way that women have been taught to to relate to one another and and men kind of go into this other extreme mm. And, and men are, you know, they play sports together. They, you know, they go on a boys trip together. Um, they, yeah, they, they, they go running together. They, whatever activity, but that it's an active way of building relationships. And again, I don't think extremes are good in any situation. So yes, the lack of that is that maybe men are, are more uncomfortable having conversations and building intimacy through sharing feelings. But then the, the, the counter side of that is that then women are, are shied away from being active in the world. And, Correct. And something that you said that resonated with me so much in the Spanish conversation was that you were at first scared of like being in these public spaces and doing new things and trying new things. And for a long time in my life, I said, oh, that's just because my parents just instilled this fear in me. Yeah. But then the more that I lived, the more I'm like, Yeah, but it's also a gendered thing. It's, totally. it's also like a oh, you know, she likes to read and be in the house. Yeah. en la casa. And and even yeah. even I, the idea of doing adventurous things like I don't know, zip lining or literally doing whatever that is outside the house, it was always to- I was told te va a pasar algo. Like mm-hmm. be careful, something's gonna happen to you. Like and so it's it's so important to me that that you are creating this space and and that the the resistance to is is what does it mean for other people in a public space to see a group of Latina women or people doing things like out in the world. Oh my God, if I tell you like, I think, I mean, it's simple things, right? Like I think part of why I want this to be a long-term project is that I I have seen a lot of community builder, builders who are inspiring a lot of them, women, Latinas mm-hmm. in this area. And um, the things that we talked about in the previous conversation is sometimes how isolating that can feel. Mm. Um, how a lot of Latinas really feel the responsibility to lift their community and put it on their shoulders and work hard. And honestly, a lot of that is like leadership is going to feel really hard. 
but I think especially important in the Latin community that we have this kind of gendered aspect of uh, community building. And so really trying to push back against mm-hmm. um, that notion. And, and I think I forgot what the question was because I, I got it. I know what the question was. It yeah. doesn't really matter, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this is important. Um, things that you're sharing with us. How can people find you on wherever they can find yep. you? So uh, mostly I spend a lot of the time on Instagram so they can find me at comadriando.atl. Um, and you know there we put a lot of community events we're beginning to think about what events we want to plan again this community is super organic and low-key so you know if any of you listening have an idea like I me gustaría I would like to like learn how to do this or, or figure out something talk to us um, I'm happy to like put together something um, my idea and my goal is that like for example I keep saying this if you are a Latin person in this area and you're like man I wish I could find somebody who likes comic books and talking about like um, <laughs> sci-fi, food, and uh, sci-fi and cats you know whatever weird thing you are I am sure I'm just here to tell you that you belong here and that there are other people who want to do the same. So, um, you know, this is a space to be able to give you an opportunity to do that and to feel, like, safe and no shame and no, like, tapujo, which is, like, no, no, like, reservations in there. Just go out and experiment a little bit more and see how being in community can help you envision a different version of yourself or or maybe a version that has always been in you Mm -hmm. and you wanted to uh, really express that outside. Are there some exciting events that Comadreando ATL is planning to attend or do in the recent, in the near future? So, I mean, I think because of what uh, I love, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, by the way, I love it. And so I'm not hating on it, but it's, it's, it's a very busy month. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm uh, focused on right now is really making sure that people know where to go for Hispanic Heritage Month. There's really beautiful things happening out mm-hmm. there. And right now what we are uh, going to do is we're going to meet uh, with some of the people who are interested in events to begin planning out some Comadriando-specific events. Typically, they've been pretty low-key, like just mm-hmm. a coffee or a picnic. Uh, but there's opportunities for us to do some active things, to do things with family, con la familia, mm-hmm. um, and to, you know, learn maybe something new and fun to do. So right now, we're really open to ideas. Yeah. Something I want to bring out of the Spanish conversation into here that I love that you said was we have to experience and live our Latinidad every month of the year, mm-hmm. not just September. Exactly. This and is a call out for anyone because I know there's tons of events and it feels difficult sometimes mm-hmm. because I think in Atlanta we do all of these Hispanic Heritage Month things and I love them and that's why I want to make sure that everybody has a space and opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And then there comes, I think, like Dia de los Muertos. There's some events that I begin to see out there that are really cool to see for anybody who follows that. And then the rest of the year is just like, well... That's it. And so I I think that's part of why I really want to encourage that, like, being Latino is like a 24-7 job and uh, doesn't have to feel like a job. Like, if there are opportunities for you to relax and to do something fun, we want to find those opportunities throughout the year. And we also want them to be visible in Atlanta. So I, I really uh, kind of made it a big point to be, to say, yes, a lot of our community lives 
outside of our city, like in the south and in the north. But then we also have people who live in those communities who want to do things in the city and also people who live inside of the city. And so really doing things in the core of the city is important because there's all of these people who are walking around and saying, who are these loud Latinas <laughs> out there having coffee and screaming and filling out a whole coffee shop, which is a real story. We go out there and we just start like uh, talking about our life and screaming and being really loud. That's, that's what I want. I want to take over some spaces. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we're seen and we're being heard because we need more of that in Atlanta. You're the best. Thank you. This <laughs> whole thing took a turn. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say? Um, I want to make sure I leave space for that as well. No, I mean, uh, thank you for the space. I think what I will continue to say is that we, we just need more spaces. And again, none of these spaces are like if, if I... With Comadriando, I, I just feel like I want to shine light and show solidarity for all of the people who are doing community building in Latinx spaces. So a lot of times my, my organization itself just goes quiet because I... I'm just watching and I'm just really paying attention to what mm -hmm. everybody else is doing. Um, so all of this to say, if you have an idea in your head or if you want to, uh, if you're a community space who wants to do something, however big and small, it doesn't have to be perfect. I just think we need more spaces and I think we need to have the ability to be imperfect. And that's something that has been really hard for me to say, why can I have a program every month? Why can I like update every all, all of my followers every right. single week? And I'm like, you know what? I'm also tired. And I know that a lot of Latin people out there are working hard being really tired and not really having to like feel the pressure to prove themselves every single day yeah. so it really is about uh you know just putting yourself at your own pace knowing that you belong here wherever you decide to do and knowing that there's a lot of more spaces for us to engage you have an idea you're worthy you are welcoming this community and we look forward to seeing way more spaces here we can do this yes I would tell you to drop the mic, but then I would have to edit that whole audience. That would be <laughs> no very way. horrible for me. <laughs> so, metaphorically, you can drop the mic. All right. Um, thank you so much. Gracias. Thank you so much, Natalia. Thanks for having me. listening to this episode of Identities and Belonging, a special content series to expand and explore what being Latino in the United States means to several advocates, leaders, community members, and creatives. If you haven't already, make sure to share this episode, rate our podcast, and follow us on social media at We Love View High. Your support allows us to continue to create this content and preserve people's stories. Muchísimas gracias.